Well, here we are. And we are probably wearing stretchy pants. Are you wearing stretchy pants? No, I'm not. I'm so sorry, but I am wearing slippers. Okay, I am wearing stretchy pants and slippers. God, double the comfort. Double the comfort, double the fun. (laughs) So this is the second episode of Well, Here We Are, a weekly podcast which explores pop culture, the humanities, and how they matter for our daily lives. I'm Hannah. And I'm Suzanne. And today we're talking about makeup. Uh, Specifically, we are talking about our relationship to makeup through our shopping experience at two stores, Ulta and Sephora. Um, And by the way, in case you're curious, this episode is not sponsored, but Ulta and Sephora, if you're listening, you can email us at wellherepod at gmail.com. Maybe we can work something out. The secret. The secret. (laughs) We're just playing Now, (laughs) you might be thinking... Hannah, you just said this is a podcast about pop culture and the humanities. What does makeup have to do with that? And to that I say, well, a lot, actually. But you may have to come back for more episodes to find out. Uh, Suzanne and I are big fans of makeup. I would even go so far as to say it was one of the many things that brought us together, in addition to me negging her about her beloved football team and our mutual love of Jane Austen. Uh, but remind me, Sin, have you always been a big makeup girl? Have you? Uh, did you grow up with dreams of working at the mat counter? Um, no, I did not. Uh, I I was actually kind of terrified of makeup. Um, I didn't actually own any makeup in high school or college. I had an existential crisis my freshman year of college when I realized that the girls on my floor all wore makeup. Actually, probably my one of my best friends to this day. Uh, that was one of the things we bonded over was that our we didn't know how to wear makeup. Uh, but then when I was in my twenties, like, listen, you can hear my voice. You can hear how it sounds like a kindergartner. I have a very round face. I am often mistaken for being a lot younger than I am. So when I was in my late twenties, I was like, you know what? I don't want to look older than my age, but I would like to look my age. And I thought, you know what, makeup is going to help me get there. And so I probably started wearing it like faithfully like six years ago, six, seven years ago. Ah, okay. So it's, it's kind of the same story for me, actually. I owned makeup in college, but I did not know how to use it. And I, I, I think I remember one party where I wore red lipstick and I was like, this isn't me. I look like a fraud. I'm taking this off right now. Uh, so I really only started getting into makeup um, about probably five or six years ago as well. I was living in Italy at the time, and I had a, a very good friend who always looked very professional and very put together. Um, even when I knew she was always very frazzled, she, she always looked like she was very on top of things. And so I kind of started trying to pay attention to why I thought that. And I, I concluded that the reason I had that perception of her looking so put together was because of her makeup, because her face always looked flawless. Uh, so I started to kind of ask her about it. She would give me some advice. She would talk to me about brands. We would go shopping together, and she recommended some YouTubers to me. And I think in those early years, I made a lot of mistakes. And to be perfectly honest, I think I probably am still making a lot of mistakes. Oh, uh, 100%. I... I'm just thankful that when I was learning how to wear makeup, that my friends just like let me experience whatever it was I needed to experience. 
They just like let me work through it <laughs> and preserved my self-esteem. <laughs> That's very nice of them. It was very nice. Or, or it was terribly cruel. Yeah, it could go either way, depending on how bad we're talking. So what about during COVID times? Has your relationship to makeup changed? Because I think for me, I actually wear makeup more than I used to. And like more than you, more than you used to like six years ago or more than you used to at the start of the pandemic? (laughs) Yes, definitely more than I did six years ago, but even more than one year ago and even more than like at the beginning of the pandemic. And I think part of that is because I'm unemployed and there's a, there's a part of me that thinks it would be easy to just kind of sit around and watch Netflix all day. But I have to remind myself every day that I wake up that I need to apply for jobs today and I need to do informational interviews today. And there's all these things that I need to be working on. I have to be productive. And so it helps me if I put effort in at the beginning of the day, it helps me continue to put effort in for the rest of the day. So I get This is why I'm not wearing stretchy pants. I get up, I get dressed, I put on my jeans and I put on makeup because it makes me feel like if I feel like I am presenting as a professional, even though I'm not leaving my house, then it helps me, it helps put me in that productive mode. If that makes what, sense. Was that your, is that what you did the whole year of the pandemic? No, when I had more, um, gosh, the first, the first couple months of lockdown, I had, I just had no idea what the heck was going on. And it took me a little while to get back in that mode of like, I can do this thing because it's fun. And it felt frivolous. There were so many things that felt frivolous at the beginning of the pandemic. And it was just like, I'm just trying to get through the day. I don't need to put on makeup, but I, I just felt so kind of lost in that time. And so I think as it felt more like the day-to-day reality of going through this pandemic started becoming more routine, then getting back into that routine began to include more makeup than it did at the beginning. Hmm. Yeah. I would say my experience of wearing makeup in the pandemic has really gone through some ebbs and flows. Uh, We'll find a way to link it, but Hannah actually sent me an article uh, that was in Time Magazine. It was written in April 2020, so it was pretty early on for, like, Europe and America and this whole lockdown pandemic experience. This article just had a number of women kind of share what their experience of wearing makeup or choosing not to wear makeup at all during the pandemic. And the part of it that I resonated with was at the end of this article – The author concludes that ultimately wearing a little bit of mascara and putting on a little bit of lip gloss is what allows her to feel a little more like herself. So I would say that during the pandemic, I've definitely had times where I go three, four, five weeks at a time without wearing any makeup at all whatsoever. And I'm, I'm feeling pretty good emotionally right now. And I've noticed that where I have felt the best in the pandemic is when my habits of wearing makeup actually are similar to what my habits were before the pandemic. So I have some pretty interesting like philosophies of how I use, how I use makeup. And even just in my daily life, I try to not wear makeup three or four days a week because I don't want to get used to seeing my face 
only with makeup on and I don't want other people to get used to seeing my face only with makeup on. So like right now I would say I'm probably wearing it like four days a week. And for me, that's a sign that I'm, I'm feeling like myself, that I'm, that I, it's like a positive indicator for me of where I am mentally. It's just like a good little, little check-in for me. Are you wearing makeup today? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, I am wearing makeup today. I, I actually, one of the goals of my, the pandemic was to find like a 10 minute makeup routine and like a 15 to 20 minute makeup routine. Because if I do like a full face of makeup, I'm not quick at it. It takes me like 35, 40 minutes. And I just don't want to do that at all. So today I did what is like my 15 minute makeup routine and it feels great. Are I'm you wearing, wearing makeup? makeup today? No, but I'm, I'm wearing perfume. <laughs> Cause I like to smell good, yeah. which is another thing that I also never used to do, but I don't know. I, I like to smell well, nice. Here we are. <laughs> uh, we just want to also point out, um, we have had a lot of discussions between the two of us about, I mean, over the course of our entire friendship about how fraught makeup can be. And we want to explain to all of you that we, you know, we get it. <laughs> we have talked about all these things <laughs> in that there, there are a lot of issues with the cosmetic industry. Mm-hmm. Um, sustainability is an issue. Inclusivity is an issue. Um, we're, we're feminists, and we know that a lot of uh, this this industry gets its money often by telling women that they have to wear makeup. Um, yeah, not it's, always. It's it's an but. industry that is predicated on the foundational belief that you look better with your face being enhanced Different. in some way. Yeah. Like, yeah. And we, we get, we get that that is complicated. Yeah. Uh, and these are things that we want to talk about. We want to talk about it on the pod. We want to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, but we're going to talk about that in a future episode, probably more than one episode. Um, so today we're just, we just want to land in a more fun space. This is only our second episode. Uh, so the fun of makeup for us is in discovering new products and buying new products and experimenting with new ways of wearing makeup. And recently, Suzanne and I were reminiscing about our first experiences shopping for makeup in person, and we discovered that we are united by how absolutely terrifying that first experience was. <laughs> oh, 100%. I got myself so psyched to walk into a Sephora for the first time, and I'm pretty sure I just like walked out five minutes later. You just did a U-turn. <laughs> I like, I came in, I saw everything and I was like, well, nope, I am not. I was like, I was the Homer, Homer just sinking back into the bushes, which was like <laughs> me just going back out. Like, this is not my home. I do not belong here. <laughs> yeah. I, it, even after I started wearing makeup, Sephora scared me. I remember a time, like probably four or five years ago that I walked into a Sephora, I was just standing there looking around and one of the consultants came up and asked very kindly if she could help. And I just looked at her in the face and said, I can't afford anything in this store and turned around and walked out. <laughs> this was after I had already bought makeup. Like I knew, I knew what makeup was, but um, no, I did not think that I belonged in that space. So we thought that we would provide this public service by sharing our most basic survival tips for shopping at, uh, at Sephora and Ulta. And we, we know, we know that there's a pandemic on. For a lot of people, buying makeup is not your first priority. A or lot of us, second, myself included. Or your third. 
I am not shopping in person for makeup at the moment. Uh, but we just want to have this conversation for maybe makeup beginners, uh, people for, you know, maybe it's hard to find your shade match online, or maybe you walk by Sephora on your way to work and you always wonder what kind of magic is taking place inside. Or if you want to treat yourself to a new lipstick and you don't want to pay for shipping, we are here to share what we've learned from our many mistakes. If, if you haven't shopped at Sephora or Ulta, for anyone who's listening who isn't in the U.S., um, Ulta is a store I think is, I'm pretty sure is only in the U.S. Sephora is It's all coming around. to Canada soon, though, I think. Oh, yeah. I, I heard that rumor. Sephora is all over the world, not in the U.K., though. Um, it they're, they're kind of different um, in, in some, like, kind of smallish ways, like Sephora in terms of price point kind of starts at the low end at like what would be considered mid-tier in terms of prices. These are your brands that are going to charge you like $18 for a mascara up to the high-end luxury brands like your Dior's and um, Louboutin and Givenchy, like the more luxury end. Whereas Ulta's prices start at the drugstore level. So they're going to have wet and wild. They're going to have your more uh, the brands that might you might be able to find at a Target or a Walmart and then go up to that mid-range tier. But they don't really dabble in that like luxury space. And you've, if you've ever been to an Ulta, they're all enormous. Whereas if you go to a Sephora, they're pretty variable in size, which means their stock is going to be incredibly variable too. So I uh, what we decided would be good is since there are these differences, um, I'm going to get us going with like three things about shopping at Sephora. Um, and Hannah will do Ulta uh, and give you a few things that are that are the experience about shopping at, at Ulta. And the reason why we're doing that is because the things that make these two stores overwhelming are kind of different. Um, the reason I walked out of Sephora, and I wonder if it's similar to Hannah, like why you walked out is because you see all these brands you've never heard of. Everyone in there both customers and employees are just gorgeous. It, it smells so good. The Gilmore girls <laughs> talk about visiting Sephora constantly. Uh, and, and I was like, I just don't belong here. Um, and that was the thing that was like, I could not handle how disorienting the Instagram glamness of Sephora was. And so my three tips about navigating Sephora are navigating that kind of like disorienting space. Yes. And the thing that I think makes Ulta uh, kind of hard to navigate is that it is an overwhelming space to be in if you don't know kind of how to physically navigate the space. The, the stores are really big. And so I just want to talk about um, the, the intimidation of the space rather than necessarily the intimidation of uh, feeling like they, they know I don't belong here. So I'm going to get us started with my three Sephora survival tips. And then Hannah's going to take over and give us her tips to survive Ulta. At the end of that, we're going to do a brief little convo about how we could see these Sephora and Ulta strategies maybe changing once we step into a post COVID world, which Good heavens, we have to believe is coming. I believe in good things for us. Let's all get vaccinated. 
All right, so you've seen the Sephora. You like that black and white sign. You wanna go inside. Here are three strategies or tips that I would have for navigating that space. The first thing I would say is, remember that the employees who work there, uh, Hannah called them consultants. I think that's actually like what they're called, right? Is that like their title? Um, I didn't even notice that I said that, but oh. it's it makes sense. Yeah, you sounded super knowledgeable. Uh, oh, I'm a professional. I actually work at Sephora. Ooh, so we are sponsored by Sephora in a roundabout way. <laughs> uh, so the employees at Sephora are artists. They are incredibly good at makeup. A lot of the influencers who have millions and millions of followers for doing makeup, they at one time worked at a Sephora. So I just want to give you reassurance that if you walk in and you see a gorgeous, glamorous consultant with high coverage foundation, these like seven colored eyeshadows, a winged eyeliner that is like so sharp it could cut a diamond, and you are thinking, even on my best day, that is not how I'm imagining my makeup, just want to remind you that you do not have to want your experience with makeup to be that in order to shop there. These are artists. They are demonstrating through their own makeup application everything makeup can do for you. But if you want just a mascara and a lip gloss and that for you is a good makeup day, then Sephora is still for you. So that that would be my first strategy. Yeah, that that makeup look is part of their uniform in a way. They probably yes. don't look like that when when they're sitting at home during COVID times. I mean, maybe they do, but I when I see that beautiful face, I think that is part that's part of their uniform. Yes, a hundred percent. The second thing I would say is that if you are getting started at shopping at Sephora, you should go into Sephora with a single product in mind or like type of product, or or a single idea of something you're looking for, and how you kind of want that to look on you. So for example, I had, when I was like getting into makeup, I knew that like, if you kind of have like a, like a dull complexion, you're trying to bring like a little bit of life to it. One way that you can do is bronzer. So I had done a little bit of research on different bronzers. I had went on the Sephora website. I looked at different things. And then I brought my friend with me who knew a lot more about makeup than, than I did. And I said to her, I want a bronzer. And she was like, great. Do you want this bronzer to be super like intense and like make you look like a beautiful Sephora artist? Or do you want it to be a little more subtle, a little more natural? And I was like, that one, please. That is the thing I want. And she was like, great. You could do this one or you could do this one. And I just randomly picked one of them And that is the bronzer I used until I'm pretty sure I broke my product and I wasn't able to use it anymore. (laughs) Like you do do not feel this pressure to walk into Sephora and walk out with a full face of makeup. Go in there, get one product, use that product a lot. Using that product constantly is going to teach you a lot about that product, how you like to use makeup, how you want to apply makeup. You don't need a big collection. Just get that one thing and feel really good about the use that you're getting out of that one thing is what has been helpful for me. I don't know if that resonates with you at all. Yeah, it can take, yeah, 
Yes, I agree. I, I used the foundation for four months before I realized I hated the way it looked on me. Because I just, I didn't know. I didn't know that, like, I thought that that was how all foundation was supposed to look on everyone. Yeah, the first time I ever bought foundation, the shade was way too dark and it was way too matte. And I did not know either one of those things. I was just like, I'm doing it. I'm wearing foundation. I'm an adult. No. Yeah, and these are, like this is what we mean by like, we made mistakes, like mistakes were made, but like mistakes had to be made to be like, I don't like the way that that feels or looks. Yeah. Just like anything when you make mistakes. I mean, we're still here. We're still learning. Yeah. Uh, and my, my final thing is that if you've never been into a Sephora, you don't know about the tunnel of many products of doom. All right. The tunnel of death, the tunnel of death, the tunnel of death to your bank account. It is so you've got your products. You're like, I got my one bronzer. I got my one mascara. I'm feeling good about this. I'm going to go pay for these products. I'm going to go up to the, the you know, because I'm going to pay for them. On your way to the register, Sephora has made their little zigzag to get up to the register. Just the queue. The queue. Uh, the little meandering labyrinthine like path to get the queue to zig and snake is all lines of product and not just like, they're not full size products. Oh no, they're, they're like mini products, like little tiny M I N I many M A N Y many M I N I many, many products that are like $10, $12. And you're, you're in the line, you're in the queue and you're like, Oh my gosh, look at this beautiful shade of lipstick. It's in the cutest little pink little package and it's only $10. No, no, you do not, do not pick that. Do you, do you hear me right now? You do not. You came in for one $18 mascara. Okay. You did not come in for cutie, cute little lipstick and cute pink packaging. And yes, it is cutie cute, but you, you drop it. You drop it. And this is, this is a larger point, which is that Sephora is oriented towards making you buy as much stuff as possible. And you don't have to buy anything. It is their job to sell you product. You are there to buy product. But if the product that you are looking for is not there, do not buy anything. And you did not, you did not come to buy that $12 package of oil blot sheets that are in the queue. You did not come there to spend $25 on six mini nail polishes that are all glittery. You will never use them. You do not want them. Put them back and do not buy them. This concludes my TED talk. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to have, I'm going to have you playing in my head next time I go into Sephora, which will probably be two years from now because who knows what's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, I feel like you're kind of my, my Sephora drill sergeant. That's what I'm here for. Thank you. I appreciate you. All right. Hannah, bring that same fire to the Ulta experience. Okay. Uh, so I think Ulta is very overwhelming, not because, there's a million consultants who you think can smell your fear, who we've just established cannot smell your fear. They cannot. Um, <laughs> uh, but Ulta is overwhelming, I think, because of its size. And one very important thing to keep in mind as you enter that store, if you've never been into one before, is that there are about six or seven different 
departments within Ulta, and you may not need to go into 90% of them. So Ulta has high-end makeup, so that sort of $18 mascara range that Suzanne was referring to in Sephora. They also sell drugstore makeup. They have a skincare section, a hair care section, a fragrance section, a salon, and then just kind of a miscellaneous section where they put things like the nail polish and the sunscreen and the cotton pads and things like that. So if you go in there for one mascara, you're not going to go into 90% of the store. And I feel like this actually ties in really well to that avoid looking at the checkout queue of product. Yes. And in fact, Ulta also has, Ulta doesn't have the, it's not like a tunnel. Their, their like pre-checkout section does have some like cutie cute little minis, but it's not very well organized. So I think it's actually easy to avoid that section. Oh, it's super easy to avoid. But like the whole, like both what you just said and avoiding the queue of products is like put your blinders on and just go for the part that you need. Like, absolutely. If you're going for hair care, just walk back to the shampoos, get your shampoo, and get back up to the counter. Yes, definitely. And I will say, too, from personal experience, I've been into Ulta dozens and dozens of times. In fact, that's where I get my haircut. I have never been into the hair care section. I have never been into the skincare section. I have never been into the fragrance section ever. That's about half the store. So even though it looks and feels overwhelming, it's going to be okay if you just keep your blinders on. Uh, but my second piece which of is, advice is... Which I'm, we're just going to say, there are very few times that we will ever advise you to keep your blinders on. In general, that's a bad way to go through life. In this case, we recommend Do it. it. <laughs> uh, my second piece of advice is related to that. And that is that my sincere advice is if you don't know where to start in this gigantic store full of options, I would say stick to the drugstore section. And Mm -hmm. we say drugstore pretty loosely because it does refer to actual brands that are commonly found in drugstores. So L'Oreal, Maybelline, CoverGirl, things like that. But they also have more affordable brands that actually are not available in most brick and mortar stores. So things like ColourPop. um, I've never seen a BH Cosmetics in a drugstore. Yeah, me neither. Um, Yeah, Pacifica. So, and I know the drugstores carry different things, obviously, but um, there are a lot of brands being sold in that more affordable section. And I promise you that whatever you are looking for, you can find in that section. Absolutely. So, if you want want something that's vegan, cruelty free, if you want waterproof mascara or a liquid lipstick that's going to stay all day, they have it in that section and you are not going to overpay for it. And you are not going to walk out later and say, Oh, I've made a huge mistake. I accidentally spent $24 on a lipstick. Um, you, you may spend $9 on a lipstick that ultimately you you feel, you know, oops, I bought the wrong shade, but nine is, is a long way from 24. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that especially on social media and on YouTube, we get, um, we feel this pressure and it's pressure coming from people that we don't know, right? These are like influencers, people whose job it is to discuss products with us. And we think that those people are our friends and those people are wearing expensive brands and therefore I should buy expensive brands. And you don't need to do that. You don't need to spend more money 
than you feel comfortable spending if you're feeling overwhelmed. Um, so es- stick, stick to that little section. Especially if you're at the stage of wearing makeup where Hannah and I started, which is we don't know if a product is bad until we've worn it for six months. Consider that drugstore section your safe space to play. Your ally. It is your ally. It still wants your money. It's not, you know, it's not your friend. Yeah, they're not philanthropists. That section is not a... (laughs) It's not filled with benefactors that are just giving themselves away to you for free. No. No. Uh, My final tip, and I... This is something that I wish I had known earlier. Ulta and Sephora both, in fact, have a very generous return policy. So if you walk out of there and you're like, oh my gosh, I accidentally spent $24 on a lipstick I don't need, you can take it back, even if it's opened. Um, If you walk out with a foundation that is five shades too dark and will never, ever, ever match you, you can take it back. And they will give you your money back. They won't take it back if it's three months later. And they won't take it back if you've used more than half the product. Mm-hmm. Um, but they will, in most cases, give you a refund. Now, with that being said, I don't want to encourage you to buy five lipsticks and try four of them on and decide that you hate them and then take them back. Um, this isn't, I'm not allowed to swatch in the store anymore. So I'm going to buy all of them and take 90% of them back. Because those products are going to end up in the trash can, and that's that's very wasteful. And you will probably get flagged by Ulta for doing that, and they won't let you return things anymore. And they they, they can they do that. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, only if you buy with your um, your account. Hmm. So, like, I have Ulta. I'm like signed up, and I get points when I buy stuff. So they know what I'm buying, and if I start returning lots and lots of things, they they notice. I have. For the record, only ever returned two things to Ulta, but I feel very glad for both that I was able to do so. One of them had mold on them. Oh, that's a very good reason to return something. Yeah. So we don't we don't want to encourage you to create waste when you could have been more mindful when you were buying products. Uh, but you know, sometimes sometimes we make mistakes, and it's okay to realize that you've made a mistake and to return it to the store. So if we if we look at it, uh, most of our survival tips are really just about having a strategy. Got to have a and, strategy. Yeah. And then for also having a strategy in case your strategy fails. <laughs> so <laughs> it happens sometimes. It does. Uh, so I think whenever I'm, whenever I'm allowed to go back to Sephora Ulta, I just will need to think about my strategy. Uh, so especially when we know that we can't swatch in the store anymore. So, you know, we don't want to create all this waste. We're going to have to do, I am going to have to do a little bit more research before I go into the store to say, what is the right shade for me? Is this mascara? I have to wear waterproof mascara because I have really watery eyes. So what is the best waterproof mascara available? I don't want to buy something that I'm going to have to throw away. So your strategy will be doing a little bit more research since once you get into the store, you're not going to have access to everything that you would normally use to make a decision. Exactly. Yeah. We might actually let us know if this would be too depressing, but we are considering doing an episode where we talk about things that we don't think are ever going to be the same again post COVID. And we actually think that how 
Hannah, maybe not how Han- how Sephora and Ulta set up their stores, but how we shop at a Sephora and Ulta is one of those things that's never going to be the same. It's never coming back. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I can ever see myself spending as much money as I did at Sephora and Ulta. Mm-hmm. I would say like kind of the peak of my makeup voracious knowledge that I tried to consume was like 2017, 2018. And I wasn't like the highest tier of like Sephora rewards member, but I was like the middle tier. And that is just like way too much money to be spending on makeup. And I don't think I will ever go back to that. Uh, When I was first starting to get into makeup, I didn't really know what my preferences were. So I just like tried a bunch of stuff I didn't know if I wanted to like use powder on my face or not, or if I liked a pink blush or a peachy blush. Like I had no idea. And so I can't. There's so much trial and error. There's a lot of trial and error. And I just like know myself a lot better now. And I know the makeup that I have. And so I just don't need to buy as much anymore. Um, And I'm also like, oh, I know that I really like, because I kind of have like olive complexion. I know that like orangey blushes look really good on me. I don't want to go buy an orangey blush, but I have an orangey eyeshadow. Uh, So I'm just going to use this eyeshadow and use it as a blush. I, because I have spent the past year not really buying any makeup, I did get a brand new eyeshadow palette for Christmas, which I still haven't, haven't like dived into, but I've just been using the same makeup for over a year and I've gotten really familiar with it and I just don't really feel the need to buy anymore. So I don't know if I'll ever be able to spend $500 a year on makeup ever again. I just don't think I can see myself going back to that. That also demonstrates something that when I was a makeup beginner, I, I, I had no idea how long it took to go through a product. Oh yeah. It takes forever. It takes forever. So the first couple of sales that I would get email alerts about, I would say, oh, I really like this blush. I better buy a backup. You don't need to do that. You it's going to take you more you than a year to backup. go through one blush. Yeah. That's that's your free tip. That's not in my top three. That's just that's, life skills. That's why we said three-ish because you're going to get these <laughs> bonus. You're going to get like come for our correct opinions, obviously. <laughs> Stay for our three three tips. And then the bonus is that sometimes you get these other little nuggets of juicy advice goodness. <laughs> That was so gross. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Uh, So with all of that, we've given you all of this knowledge. Uh, It is now your turn, listeners. Let us know what is your relationship to the Sephora or the Ulta or the Colt Beauty or the drugstore where you buy your makeup? What has that relationship been before COVID? Has it stayed the same? How do you think that that's going to change in a post-COVID world? What are your most cutthroat shopping tips? Uh, Are you thinking that our tips are way too generous and we need to be even harder on people? You can do that. You can give us that feedback by tweeting at us at at wellherepod or commenting on this episode's post on Instagram, also wellherepod. Don't forget to go to wherever you get your podcasts. And click that, I think your eyeliner looks great button, which you might know as a subscribe button. Leave us a review. uh, And in that review, be sure to tell us what your favorite makeup 
product is. And until next time, I'm Suzanne, and I really do feel like Sephora should retroactively sponsor this episode. And I'm Hannah, and I think your lipstick is really popping today. And well, here we are. We don't ever lose.